Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS162 or MS170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Demonze. Yo. You know I rode one of those bird scooters to the Fox lot today. Again, 3.30 in the morning, wearing a full suit. That sounds like a vibe. Sounds like, oh, wearing a full suit is crazy. Those things yeah. go fast, bro. And, the, yeah. and I don't feel comfortable riding them on the street. And so I'm driving on the sidewalk. But the sidewalk is like uneven. And I almost just, I mean, I hit a, I don't know, maybe a two inch, maybe a three inch bump in the sidewalk, like between one piece of sidewalk Did to the you, next. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I didn't fall, but it was a close call, man. And you should see the, the Fox lot security guys when they see me roll up my oh, bird, bird scooter. Full suit, backpack, just walking up to the security gate at 3.30 in the morning. Welcome in. It is another episode of What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast and YouTube show. Like, rate, subscribe, review, do all those things. We will greatly appreciate it. We have this full week of shows, then we are on vacation for a week. However, we will continue our countdown of the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years with a slight one-week hiatus. We just had number five and number four, Tim Duncan and Magic Johnson, about 40 minutes on those two players. That video came out on Sunday. We will have three, two, and one. We know who the top three are. The question is the order. Kareem, LeBron, and Michael are our top three. So that will be coming at you one week from Sunday, but we have today's show and one more show before a brief vacation. You might say, wait, the setup looks a little bit different. It is true. It is because Demonze is in New York. I am doing this show from Los Angeles. We'll hear from Demonze in just a moment, but it is great to see you. That is a great looking sweatshirt you are wearing, young man. But before we get to Demonze's part of this, we will talk, discuss what we are not discussing as we do every show. What did not make, miss the cut? Aaron Rodgers, bananas tattoo. Oh, that might actually make the show, however, or at least a special YouTube version of who has the worst forearm tattoo, Aaron Rodgers or Demonze. Because I now, after years of wondering, have found out what Demonze's foreign language forearm tattoo means. That may be on the show. Nick Curios calls out a drunk fan. That is going to be on the show. I don't know what they're talking about there either. And John Morant on Michael Jordan. I would have cooked him. The issue there is the definition of the word cook. Does he mean beat him in one-on-one? He would not have done that. Does he mean cook him a few times? 
he absolutely would have done that. So there's, yes, you know what? We actually gave you a little takes on all of those things. However, Demonze, we are now ready to go. How are you? Are you are you a little nervous? Before you even get in the show, are you a little nervous about the tattoo segment if we do that later? Um, I am a little nervous, but I love how I knew exactly where you were going with that as soon as you started talking to Aaron Rodgers. But uh, well, I think people yeah. will like it. Okay, you know what? <laughs> I like it more now that I know what it means. For years, you wouldn't tell me what it means. You have a tattoo on your chest that you still have not told me the truth of its origin. One day I'll get that. Maybe your 30th birthday. Okay, start us <laughs> off. What are we starting with today? Uh, so Harden takes a $15 million pay cut to stay with the Sixers. Yep. Uh, big tennis fan Daryl Morey agrees with this decision very heavily. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Harden admitting that he's no longer great, or are we supposed to expect that Harden expects to win in the future? Well, listen, we've got to give credit where credit is due. And James Harden had the option of play this year for $47 million. Opt into that or do what he's doing. And the exact contract details haven't been finalized, but I think it's going to be about a two-year, $64 million deal. So $32 million this year with a player option for $32 million for next year. And yes, some people are like, well, he was only guaranteed forty-seven. Now he's guaranteed sixty-two. This is an absolute team-friendly deal that helps the Sixers avoid the penalties of the hard cap, that helps the Sixers add the players they've added this offseason, which I think makes them a more viable contender in the Eastern Conference that we know, at least I believe, Milwaukee sits at the top of. Then you have Boston as a clear number two, and then real questions after that. What is Miami going to look like? What the hell is Brooklyn going to look like? And can Philly be better? And James Harden is a punching bag of sorts, and fairly so, because he quit on Houston, and then he quit on Brooklyn, and then when he got to Philly, he was bad. However, just because a guy has some really ugly marks on his resume doesn't mean we have to ignore when he does something that clearly and obviously helps the team. And him not op- think for, I'm it wouldn't have saved things for the Lakers, but What if Russell Westbrook had done something similar? Opt out of the $47 million and then agree to a $15 million cheaper contract. What would that have potentially opened up for them? Now, this specific contract that Harden just agreed to, the Lakers wouldn't have offered to Russ because the player option in year two, the Lakers obviously don't expect Russ to be on the roster this year, much less a year from now. But the point is, Harden is not a fan favorite and understandably so. However, I don't think anyone should ever question how much he wants to win. Now, if you want to say he would take care of his body a little bit more, he wouldn't go out as much if he really wanted to win, I guess I could listen to that, except for the fact the guy was incredibly durable and the guy had, it was incredibly, not just high usage, but high minutes and games every single year of his career until he got to Brooklyn and he started dealing with some injuries. They, I mean, he was 80-plus games seemingly every year with the Rockets, playing around 38 minutes per game near the top of the league and minutes played every single year. The issue with Harden wasn't that he didn't want to win. The issue with Harden was that in the biggest spots, he didn't play well, but that wasn't for lack of trying. And one of the reasons, I would argue, the biggest reason he wanted to leave Houston when he did was he knew that team could no longer win. Now, he did it in 
kind of embarrassing fashion, and he left Brooklyn in even more embarrassing fashion. But this is a guy that is going to have made, between the Adidas money and the NBA money, around half a billion dollars. And so it is not, it shouldn't be shocking that he is going to set money aside to a degree, take $15 million less to try to help Philly have the best chance to win. That doesn't shock me. Uh, It is only shocking because it is so rare that it's done. But even though Harden is not a popular figure, there is no workaround to what, well, he actually, this is actually good for him because, no, it's only good for him in the context of it gives him a better chance to win a championship, which is what I think he truly wants to do and I think what his goal is. So I'll give him credit for it. All right, what's next? 100%. Dame and Bill both signed huge extensions with their teams. But, I mean, not sorry. Beal yeah. says that he thinks that the Wizards could win with him on the team, win a title. Uh, but Lillard says that fans need to rock or rep the front of the jerseys more than the back. I don't necessarily know what that means. Does he mean like, uh, you know, they need to worry more about the team instead of what the players are doing? Well, I think he's saying guys. Did I know he that's say not fans? the question, but. Yeah, no, no, no. I think yeah, he's he, saying guys need to be more like players and such need to be more concerned with the, less concerned about themselves and, and more concerned about the team and the organization, which is the team and the organization isn't always concerned about the players. But I understand what he's saying. But go ahead and ask the question. Word. Okay, so both te- both players are getting grilled for staying with bad teams. Yeah. And honestly, it's it's kind of weird. I feel like they should get that Jordan-Kobe treatment for staying on their same teams. But what's the problem here with fans? It seems like the players can't really do anything right. Well, so here's the thing. They're, they're obviously not Jordan-Kobe caliber players, and I know you're not saying that. Yeah. But guys that, you know, stayed with one team their entire career. Now, it should be noted, Kobe did demand a trade, and Jordan did eventually go play for the Wizards, but I understand what you're saying. The Reggie Miller arc <laughs> of your team's never quite good enough, but you stay with the Pacers forever. I, I understand the point that you're making, and this is where I think, this is where we have to remind people Twitter is not real life. There are certain elements of NBA Twitter that no matter what a guy does, he is going to be criticized for. If Damian Lillard had asked it out, had asked out, people would say he's running from the challenge. He stays. They say, oh, he doesn't care about winning. Beal, to me, it was a no-brainer. Beal is not an all-time caliber player. He's a very good player, a very nice player, but not an all-time caliber player. They're offering him a quarter of a billion dollars. He knows he can't be the best player on a championship team. In my opinion, he's like a clear step below like real Hall of Fame caliber player. So the Beal thing is is almost in a different category. Dame is unique and interesting because Dame is an all-time player. Dame's a top 75 all-time guy. He was one of the final cuts of my list of the 50 greatest last 50 years. And it's not only that he's never won a championship, he's never played in a finals. And here is my concern for Dame. So, Demonze, do this with me. I'm going to give you four names, and my guess is you are familiar with, in fact, I know you're familiar with all four of them. But they are guys of this most recent generation, the best players to never forget win a championship, the best players to never play in a finals. Steve Nash. Vince Carter, Tracy right. McGrady, Carmelo Anthony. You right. you have vivid memories or and you you can picture all of those guys at the peak of their powers, correct? 
Yeah, 100%. Okay, so here's why I mentioned that. I think we feel like, and Vince, I think, will be iconic forever because he's the greatest dunker ever and has so many great highlights. But I think we think that those guys have more staying power than they actually do despite never making a finals. And here's the evidence of it. I'm going to give you four more names. They're the four best players to not make a finals in the era prior to the most recent one, okay? And aside from hearing me mention them on the top 50 list, the guys who made it, do you know anything about any of these people? Sidney Moncrief, Bernard King, Alex English, George Gervin. Do those four names mean anything to you? No. Bernard King is probably the only one. Bernard, and you don't even really know why it means something. You've just heard it. Like, but you yeah. can't you can't picture, you can't visualize any of it. By the way, this isn't me roasting you for that. No, so no, no here's, I get it. So here's my concern for Dame. I don't want Dame to be forgotten to history. And while I'm familiar with those four names I just mentioned, I think there's a lot of contemporary NBA fans that don't know shit about any of them except for maybe George Gervin because he had a sweet nickname, the Iceman, and he had this amazing move, the finger roll. There is, there is nothing to guarantee that Dame's name, you know, echoes throughout history. And if he stays in Portland forever, and they, I don't know that they'll make another conference finals, much less an NBA finals. I think he's going to be in a rough spot. Like, I think Tracy McGrady, people don't think of it now, I think Tracy McGrady will be forgotten to history. I think Steve Nash has some historical uh, relevance, partially because he was a white superstar and a white non-European superstar, partially because they played such a different brand of basketball than everybody else, seven seconds or less. Vince will echo forever because of the dunking, even more so than Dominique did. Dominique's another guy, by the way, I could have added to that list, I guess, of guys who never made a finals, but he has the thing that Dominique has, which is the amazing highlight reel. Carmelo might have some, right. Carmelo might have some historical relevance just because he was the Carmelo LeBron Wade draft class, but Carmelo can be forgotten, not forgotten, but set aside similar to how Bernard King has been. Nobody cares about Alex English. I'm the only, I'm the only person that cares about Sidney Moncrief. And then there's Gervin with the finger roll. So, Dame is making a choice here to stay loyal to Portland, and I'm not going to judge him for it, but as a Damian Lillard fan, do I kind of wish that we could see him play in a conference finals with a real chance to win it as opposed to the one conference finals he made when they got swept by Golden State when Durant didn't even play, much less see him in an NBA finals? I do, unless he at some point demands a trade in the future. I don't think we're going to get to see it. The flip side to that is he did just guarantee himself $63 million in his age 36 season. That $122 million extension is his age 35 and 36 season. So financially speaking, it's a hell of a deal. All right, what's next? So you agree with the fans, basically? No, I don't. I I don't want to. No, I don't agree with anyone criticizing him or attacking him because people would have attacked him or criticized him no matter what. But do I agree? Right. That this kind of cements that he's not going to win a championship? Yeah, Portland. I mean, Portland is more likely next year to miss the playoffs 
than to make the conference finals. And Dame's not going to get better in the coming years. He's going to try to maintain and then probably drop off. All right, what's next? Okay, understood. Uh, now that Baker's been moved, Jimmy G is the only good quarterback available. Jimmy's agent says that he they want him to stay with the buck or the Bucks want him to be the higher parent to Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this even real? And does it? Do you think the Bucks mismanaged the Jimmy G situation over the summer? All right. Uh, I really, really, really Flame hate to coming. do this to you. I really, apparent here, air apparent. The air, air apparent. apparent, not higher apparent. Air apparent. It's it's a uh, one of those. Yeah, listen, like you are my air. Like if I die, you get my stuff. You know what I mean? You and your sisters are my heirs. It, but it's yeah. the, the the H is silent. Listen, I'm sorry. When you, but but I get it. You're like Listen. hire a parent. Like they want to hire him. They apparently want to hire him. I don't know. Listen, this is such as life. Apparently it happens. Want to hire him? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you thought. But I mean, so this is. I mean, I am but far more thought. interested in that. Hey, but you know what? Let me tell you something. The, let me. And there's a good piece of advice for everyone. My friend Dragonfly Jones is the one that made me aware of this, and he's right. You should not ever mock someone for mispronouncing a word because it almost always means they learned the word by reading it rather than by hearing it. So like if somebody comes across a word they're not familiar with when they're reading it, they have to come up with their own pronunciation for it. So it actually sometimes is a sign of a more learned individual. In this case, I'm not going to say this was a sign that you're a more learned individual, but you just, yeah, you, the, 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 listen. I, you know, I could have, I could have just taken the easy route and typed it into the pronunciation thing into Google, but I just mm-hmm. figured I had this word, this four letter word figured out. It yeah. just looks like, you know, and, and, it, and it honestly makes sense with the situation. I, it, it, all right. Yeah, I got you. It looks but. like the word higher. Just maybe Matt mistyped it in the rundown. I get it, buddy. <laughs> I'm not against you. I'm just telling you what happened here. Okay, so here's the deal. Nobody wants Jimmy Garoppolo. Not at 25 million bucks. Not a with his injury history. Not without the Shanahan offensive in- infrastructure with him. You know how we know nobody wants Jimmy Garoppolo? Mike McDaniels was his offensive coordinator in San Francisco. Mike McDaniels goes to Miami. Miami wanted Deshaun Watson. Miami then tried to sell a piece of the team to get Tom Brady. They're so out on Tua, no matter what Tyree Kill says about him. And has Miami tried to go get Jimmy G? No, of course not. So uh, the I don't buy that he's... That, I think what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo is this. The Niners are not going to be able to find a trade. They're going to have to decide if they want to outright release him. And if they don't, they're going to just wait on a team to suffer a quarterback injury and then hope that team is super desperate. But Jimmy Garoppolo is a below average quarterback in this league that because he has been in amazing situations is and the people that pray at the altar of quarterback wins act like he is a huge part of the reason that team went to a Super Bowl and went to a conference championship game as opposed to the fact that he was just along for the ride. Jimmy Garoppolo has is 4 and 2 in the playoffs in his career. In those 4 in those 6 games, he has 4 touchdown passes six interceptions, a 75 passer rating, and averages 160 yards passing per game. And he just makes inexplicable decisions. And oh yeah, by the way, he's injured all the time. So no, I don't believe Tampa 
is chomping at the, champing at the bit, pardon me. There's another one. How about that? This is one a lot of people get wrong, Demonte. Did you know the phrase is champing at the bit, but everyone says chomping at the bit because they it's like biting. It's like what a horse Chomp. does. Yeah, it's like, but yeah. so if you say champing, people think you got it wrong, but it's actually correct. But if you say chomping, no one bats an eye, but it's actually wrong. But the point is, I don't think anybody is, you know, thirsty for Jimmy Garoppolo at 25 million bucks. What's up, pal? Looks like you have something on your mind. No, I mean, whoever created the English language was just a, an a-hole. Um, okay, well, yeah, um, listen. Or like, don't King, wait, not yeah, even the English King language, because that was probably a phrase that came like way later after the English language was created. But like that, that whole Yeah, you know what? Like, just real be, quick. Why would it be etymology, not chomping? Etymology of champing at the bit. Let's find out. Uh, I know what it means, but uh, the I'm why is it champing and not chomping? Grammarist tells us uh, the quick answer to whether champ or chomp is correct is both are acceptable. Ah, that's a cop out. Wow. You know what, grammarist? That's bullshit. That is the same way that they all of a sudden added. Uh, what is the thing they just added to the dictionary that is obviously wrong, but everyone uses it so much they just gave up? Oh, I'll think of it in a moment. It, uh, it used to irritate the hell out of me. It's one something so many people got wrong, the dictionary just gave up. They're like, it's fine, we'll call it. The <laughs> wow. correct is champing. They just started, champing stems from an old Middle English word. It's been around for 600 years, relates to the grinding of a horse's teeth, most likely imitative in nature. The word's been more modernly used to express biting down on a bridle. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. All right, what's next? Okay. All right, word. So let's talk some ranker. You yeah. reveal Tim Duncan at number five and Magic Johnson. Irregardless, at four. that's the word. Sorry. Irregardless, irregardless is the word. Is not a word. It the word is regardless. Irregardless is not a word, but so many people used it. Marion Webster was just like, screw it, we'll we'll put it in there. But irregardless is not a word, even though now it is technically a word. All right, go ahead. Okay, irregardless. We talked yeah. out Duncan. Uh, we talked out Duncan over Kobe last week, but per usual, people are still mad. Uh, yeah. Kobe, Kobe fans want their guy higher than Magic, while Magic mm-hmm. fans would say that he should, or Kareem shouldn't be higher than him. Uh, why is number four the right spot for Magic Johnson? Well, it's the. It's to me, there are few. There are few spots on this list that are inarguable. And one is Magic Johnson at number four. And by that, I mean, there is no legitimate argument that Magic is better than Kareem, LeBron, or Michael, the three guys ahead of him. And there is no legitimate argument that Duncan, Kobe, Bird, Shaq, Akeem, any of the people, Steph, any of the people behind him are ahead of him. Magic at four is like, to me, written in stone when we're doing of the last 50 years. If you add Wilton Russell, it complicates things. The last 50 years. That is one of the, like, Duncan versus Kobe versus Bird is a real argument. Steph versus KD versus Shaq and Akeem, those are real arguments. Where does Dr. J fit into it? Where does Moses fit into it? And obviously, the top three, there is an argument for Kareem, LeBron, and Michael, all three of them at one, two, or three. Magic at four, it, I, if people want to know my full reasoning for it, they can watch the video of it. But the short version is, the guy played 12 seasons pre-HIV. Nine of them, 
He either won the MVP, finished second, or finished third. Nine of them he went to the NBA Finals. Five of them he won a NBA championship. Guy won Finals MVP as a 20-year-old rookie, jumping center in game six with 40, what was it, 42, 15, and seven, something absurd I don't have in front of me. The magic at four is exactly where he needs to be. I am chomping at the bit to talk about this more. We'll be right back. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, segment number two. We play some games. We have some fun. If you were just listening before, if it made the podcast, we talk a little bit about bird scooters. Demonze, what are we starting with today? We're starting with a little bit of tennis. Let's get to Nick's, oh, yes! Nick's tennis corner. Yeah. Yes, sir. So Djokovic beat Kyrgios in the Wimbledon final. The doll had to drop out due to an injury, so sadly we missed the match of a lifetime. Yeah. But uh, who... Who is ahead in the GOAT discussion now? And what happens if Novak has to skip the U.S. Open and the Australian Open due to his vaccine status? Okay, first of all, I now understand why you didn't pronounce air correctly. Because you spent all your pronunciation, time, and energy <laughs> on Nadal and Djokovic and Wimbledon and all of it. And you and Kyrgios, and you nailed it. I mean, you didn't call him Krygios. You nailed it. You got Djokovic exactly right. I am proud of you in that regard. Okay. Yeah, I, I still think <laughs> Rafa Nadal is the greatest tennis player ever. Djokovic, though, continues to make a strong case. Now, it was a shame that we didn't get to see Djokovic and Nadal in the final. Anyone that knows anything about tennis, even if you're rooting for Kyrgios, you knew mentally he wasn't going to be able to sustain in the final, and he wasn't. Demonze, in the final, he started screaming at his own coaches for not cheering hard enough for him. He was like, I'm up oh, 40 love. And you you sit down. You got to keep yelling throughout the point. You got to stand. He's on the court yelling at him while he's melting down. He tried to get a lady ejected because he said she was heckling him. He was yelling at the ump. <laughs> Kyrgios is just out of his mind. I like him a lot, but he's just out of his mind. I feel like some tennis players have like the, the potential to be some of the most snobby people ever. So he's not that, though. So he's not. You're right about that. But that's not him. He's just doesn't have a full good control of his emotions. But so Djokovic, once Nadal was out with the injury, we did miss Because poor Nadal is going for the first single season Grand Slam in 53 years, I think. Since 69, I think it was labor. I keep saying I think it was labor. And then I never look it up. Rod Laver. What about how do you season. how does Fritz feel right now? Fritz? How does who's Fritz? Fritz, the guy that Nadal faced before he dropped out because of his injury. Oh, the guy. Oh, the match we watched, Mr. Fritz. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I that's what I want. Yeah, that that he couldn't beat him even when he was hurt. That's so that's tough. what I wanted to ask you about. So I made you and your wonderful girlfriend come upstairs to watch the fifth set of Nadal in the quarterfinals. Be honest. Yep. You're not going to hurt my feelings. 
and at one point you did fall asleep. But you have a bit of narcolepsy where you can just like fall asleep like that and then be right back up. Yeah. What you watched, <laughs> was it or was it not compelling? It definitely, yes, it was much more interesting than I anticipated. Uh, and like I like I told my cousin, uh, Fall May, it did up my tennis interest about 15, 20%. It and does like. When you, you see, see like, like the, the little strategy, cool things that they have to do, the, right. the different things you have to do and trying to like the, the, the different shots. Because I saw you at one point you went, ooh, he like you, you he, noticed he got that him. He, like, I, I knew he got him. He yeah. got him. It's good, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. U.S. Open, here we come. But if you, here's the thing about the U.S. Open that's interesting. So Federer obviously isn't going to be playing. Federer's done, essentially. He says he's going to play one more Wimbledon. We'll see. Djokovic won't get vaccinated. And theoretically, that means he can't play in the U.S. Open. I don't even know if he can come into the country. If Nadal's injury is really, is you know, so bad, the U.S. Open's around the corner. It starts in, what, six weeks, less than that. Just about six weeks. I would imagine Nadal's going to be able to play. But if he's too injured to play, then all of a sudden it is wide open. And I don't know what Medvedev's, the rule with Medvedev is, because are the Russians allowed to play in the U.S. Open? They weren't allowed to play in Wimbledon. I'm not certain what the U.S. Open's rule is going to be. But I hope Nadal gets to play. I wish we would have gotten to see Nadal Djokovic. We didn't. Credit to Djokovic for keeping his cool. Djokovic, who dropped the first set, and then came storming back, handled it all well, I, I, and he, he he handled it all gracefully. He's not my favorite, but I give him credit. He's a great champion, 21 majors now, and the most, I think now he does have the most major finals of anyone ever with 32 major finals, 21 and 11 in them. All right, that's enough for Nick's Tennis Corner until the U.S. Open. Maybe we can do this Jeez, podcast man. live. That- from Ash. That segment lasted longer than the, the Isner Mahout match in 2010. Oh, that's the match I told you about. Do you know yeah, that's the six, one I told you about that went like nine hours? Six, six, nine hours? Whoa. Yeah. yeah were, they, the were they in the different days or was it nine consecutive hours? Because from my knowledge and what I looked up, it said that that tennis match lasted three to six days. It's three to three six, or six days. I can't, Hold can't on. really put my, put my finger on it right now. Okay, I don't know that it lasted three to six days. Holy it, uh, crap. What? What? Go ahead. It lasted 11 what? hours. The match took 11 hours oh. and five minutes. Oh, but they did split it up over multiple days. That part's true. It, it was, it was yeah, over, it was three, over days. three days. Okay, I thought yeah, you dude, meant you it took. You thinking that my research was No, shoddy. no, no. I thought you were saying, okay, good job on the Isner Mahout point. I'm very proud of you. For that is correct. That's the, but that's the match I told you about, Thanks, which made him change the Wimbledon tiebreaker. Because when we were yeah. watching it, and I told you they'd change tiebreaker. Okay, that's enough tennis. All right, go ahead. What's next? It's time for right or wrong. Uh, Tyreek Hill claimed that the Dolphins posted that uh, posted the video of Tua underthrowing him intentionally. Said that they wanted to shock the league, make him seem like he was worse than he actually was. Right or wrong? Tyreek Hill is the teammate of the year. Oh, I think wrong, because the other thing Tyreek said about <laughs> Tua was that this is, you know, a make-or-break year for his career. But I'm going to throw something <laughs> else at you here. So Antonio Brown uh-huh. plays for the Steelers and is considered a little eccentric, but just a great player. You know, did the one live stream from the locker room, that's it. He then leaves yeah. the Steelers and in no particular order 
like freezes his feet in a cryogenic chamber because he doesn't wear the right shoes and has to miss training camp. Then tries to smuggle a illegal helmet onto the field that he had hand painted himself. Then forces his way out of uh, the Raiders. Forces essentially costs himself his chance with the Patriots. Has all this mayhem with the Bucks. Stri- you know, strips on the field. All of this stuff. All right. So with the Antonio Brown, you know who ended up looking the best after we saw Antonio Brown the last four years? The answer Tom to that, Brady? nope. Oh. That's a good guess, but no. Mike Tomlin, who was his coach in Pittsburgh. And it's like, my God, you had this guy for six years and nobody knew he was a maniac because you had him totally under wraps. So here's my Tyreek Hill point. It's a great point. Tyreek Hill evidently has had these hot, spicy takes for years. But when he was with old Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, we didn't hear nary a peep. Tyreek Hill was quiet as a little church mouse when it came to any uh, any media commentary. Now he gets down to Miami, and he can't stop talking. So, listen, Tyreek is coming to grips with the fact that, again, and more power to him, he took the money and the city and, you know, all of that, and it, the, the trade-off is you go from the best quarterback in football to a guy who's not going to be a starting quarterback a year from now. And he's trying to talk wow. his way through it. It, too, is wow. not good, man. Two is not good. Tyreek knows two is not good. The world knows two is not good. I like Tua. I sat and talked to Tua at the Super Bowl. I root for Tua, uh, but he's just he's not an NFL starting quarterback. Tyreek knows it too, and he's dealing with it. All right, what's next? <laughs> he's dealing with it. I, I love it. Uh, Summer League champs now get rings. That's great news for Kings and Magic fans. Mm-hmm. Pretty wild that they're giving out rings before the preseason. Uh huh. Right or wrong, participation trophy culture has gone too far. I hate. I like it. I, I'm I oh, I, I don't mind. No, <laughs> I don't mind this at all. I hate the folks who are like who are all anti-participation trophies. I hate them. So listen, I played little pee wee soccer and baseball, and at the end of the year, yeah, they gave everybody or they gave a lot of people little trophies. But they weren't the same size trophy the champions got. And we all kept score. And we knew who the good teams and the bad teams were. And as my buddy Laszlo would say all the time, people that are like, oh, there are no participation trophies in the real world. F- they're not. You know what they're called? Paychecks. You show up, <laughs> do your best. You get a weekly participation trophy. It's called a paycheck. Now, you, you want the big trophy, the championship trophy? That's the promotion. That's the bonus. This idea, oh, it's a, it's a, we're, we're raising a generation of soft kids. Why? By trying to teach young people that, hey, commit to a team, show up to practice, fight through the hard times, and even if you're not the best out there, we're going to give you a token of your accomplishment? Like, go to hell with everybody attacking kids and saying, oh, like, oh, it's a new thing. Really? It's a new thing? I was born in 1984. And, and I, we got participation <laughs> trophies. They're like, oh, this didn't exist in the 60s. It, okay, yeah, but a lot of things didn't exist in the 60s. Like le- letting the black kids play on the same team as you <laughs> complaining about participation trophies. So pipe down with how much it, better it used to be. With the, We didn't have participation trophies. So that brings me to the Summer League thing. I'm good with it. 75% of the guys in Summer League will never play in an NBA minute. 
They want to incentivize guys Paul, caring. Can, go can ahead. Chris Paul go back and play in the uh, <laughs> in the summer league? No, he can't. He's not okay, summer league I didn't know, eligible. I didn't know if. Okay, I didn't know if that. I really didn't. That was an honest question. I, I guess it was a shot at Chris Paul, but I didn't. Yeah. I thought that summer league was like a thing that you chose to participate in if you wanted to. But okay. no, no, no. It's like, for young guys. Or I guess maybe. Listen, maybe older veterans who are coming off an injury could play, but it's for young guys. But 75% of these guys will never play in the NBA. They want them to take it seriously. Those rings look like my damn class ring from high school. It's like a Jocelyn's ring. Like, they don't look like they're spending a lot of money on them. That's fine. Let them have the rings. Everyone just wants to complain about everything. Let them have yes. the rings. All right, what's last? Go ahead, because we're late on time, because I went on my rant about trophies. Let's do it. Uh, so Tom Brady was on vacay off the off the Amalfi Coast. Yeah. So this sounds nice. That's uh, where I'm going were... soon. Really? Not this trip, but the one in I... August. Yeah, I'm going to stop by the Amalfi Coast, but go ahead. Keep going. Okay. They, they were showing the Minions movie. Wait, well, they weren't showing the Minions movie anywhere uh-huh. nearby. So yeah. Brady posted a TikTok saying that he was going to take a private jet to go and see the Minions movie. Yeah. But the strangest part about this is the Minions and Tom Brady have beef. In 2021, the Minions posted a, a quick quick tweet saying, uh, squeeze this like a deflated football, then quickly de- deleted it. Okay. Right or wrong? Tom Brady retired to, I mean, unretired to prove the Minions wrong. All right, that's obviously wrong. But, and listen, everybody knows yeah. I'm not the world's hugest Tom Brady fan. However, this is the type of Instagram flex that I appreciate. I appreciate Tom Brady just casually being like, it's just, it's such an efficient flex. It is a parenting flex of I'm on vacation, but I still want my kids to be happy. It is a vacation locale flex of, yeah, I'm just hanging out on the Amalfi Coast. And then it is a, I am so much wealthier than you can ever imagine in that I am chartering a private plane to take my kids to a movie flex. It is, and it was all in just one little tweet. So I have, I actually have mad respect for this. I also have respect for the minions reminding America that, you know, the Patriots for a long time essentially never ever fumbled the football and no one could figure out why. And then we're like, oh, they have the fl- footballs are deflated and they're way easier to hold. And it kind of puts a, you know, a black cloud over a bunch of their championships. We'll be right back. But, but the minions, More? minions versus Brady. Better robbery than all right. I'm sorry. No, we're we're, we're skipping. That. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> I, I did not like that at all. Um, but hey, the minions versus minions versus Brady is a better rivalry rivalry than Argosy Sampras or Borg McEnroe. Uh, oh but yeah, no! I'll, I'll go, we'll record that on the side. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no, hey. that was perfect. All right, first of all. You got tripped up because rivalry is a very difficult word to say. And I mean that sincerely. Rivalry is like one of my hardest ones because it combines the L's and the R's. So that's a hard one. But then I think you called Andre Agassi Argosy, like the Argosy Casino casino. in my hometown. Yeah, Yeah, in Kansas City. I also think you called John McEnroe McEnroe, which is not ideal. I studied Argosy Sampras or Bork McEnroe. Argosy Sampras or Bork McEnroe. Argosy Sampras or Bork McEnroe. You almost got it there. That was great. This is definitely going to make the show. Now we'll be right back. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? Final segment. Again, a reminder, we will have a show on Thursday. Then we'll be off for a week. And then the following Sunday, so 13 days from today, we will be back with the player number three, the third greatest player of the last 50 years in the NBA. Again, this top three, we know who it is. You guys have known who the top three was going to be from the very beginning. If you, I mean, if you know anything about basketball, it's obvious the three greatest players not only the last 50 years but ever are Kareem, LeBron, and Michael. The question is the order. I have had so much fun researching this project. Number three comes out in 13, well, I guess 13 days from when we were recording, 12 days from when you guys are hearing this, a week from Sunday. But we will be off next week. Uh, We usually try to have some fun in this final segment of the show. However, there's a little bit of news trickling out, Demonze, while we are recording. There was news from Nick Friedle on Kyrie Irving that he was just asked flatly, is Kyrie Irving, does it look like, is he going to be a Laker? And the answer was yes. It might just take some time. I I saw that there was news this weekend the Lakers don't want to get, include a first-round pick. They, the Lakers are going to get Kyrie. The idea that anyone within the Lakers is going to be, I, I, I understand all the baggage that comes with Kyrie, but you're going to be able to get rid of Russell Westbrook. You're going to be able to bring in Kyrie Irving, and you're going to get Kyrie Irving for 12 cents on the dollar. So that's an obvious move. But the other move that's happening in with the uh, Nets right now is obviously an attempted Kevin Durant trade. And what's fascinating about that is his preferred destination is Phoenix. And there is news from Brian Windhorst that, do you want to give it or do you want me to give it? Brian Windhorst, while we've been talking, Brian Windhorst says that I'll give it. What's up? What are you laughing at me about? Oh, you said me give it or you give it? Yeah, exactly. And then you started laughing at me. No, I was just laughing because you said Kevin Durant wants to go to the Suns. Like, that honestly, yeah. like, it made me laugh a little bit. Why? Um, but, yeah, are you talking about DeAndre Ayton to the Pacers? Yeah, so exactly right. DeAndre Ayton, Brian Windhorst is reporting DeAndre Ayton. The Pacers are going to sign him to an offer sheet or execute a sign-in trade very soon for DeAndre Ayton. So how does that impact Kevin Durant? Well, if DeAndre Ayton can't be included in a Kevin Durant trade, then the Suns flatly aren't going to have enough assets. They're not going to, first of all, they can't trade Devin Booker because Devin Booker and Ben Simmons can't be on the same team because of that designated player rule. However, they weren't going to trade Devin Booker anyway. Mikhail Bridges and stuff is not going to be enough for, for the Brooklyn Nets. So I have been, so I think that if DeAndre Ayton does, because he wasn't, DeAndre Ayton wasn't going to wait forever for this Durant thing to get done. So it's not shocking to me that DeAndre Ayton is now the Pacers have been tied to him, you know, for a while. This also is devastating for the Suns. It, and I don't think Aiton's a great player. But losing Aiton potentially for nothing, and if it is a sign-in trade, we'll see what they get back in the sign-in trade, obviously hurts them in the final, you know, final pr- year of Chris Paul's, you know, window as a championship player. And by the way, that year might have been last year, but I can't imagine he has more than one year left if he has that. 
So it hurts the Suns. But it also eliminates another team that Durant could be traded to. So I'm going to keep saying what I've been saying all along. The Pelicans are the team that makes the most sense. They are the team that can send a young all-star to Brooklyn. They are the team that has all the picks in the world that they can trade. And they are the team that could trade a young all-star, bring in Kevin Durant, and still potentially be competing for a championship. Because KD is your one, Zion is your two, and CJ McCollum is your three with Herb Jones and others, you know, filling out the rest of the roster, that team can absolutely compete in the Western Conference. And I do like the idea of Durant coming to a team in the Western Conference because I like the idea of us potentially getting Durant, LeBron in the playoffs on fair terms, which we've only ever gotten once in the 2012 Finals. And I do like the idea of getting Durant versus Steph in the playoffs at some point which obviously the last time we got was 2016. In fact, the only time we got it was 2016. And then Durant joined Steph, and since then they've never played in the playoffs, obviously. So I, I, I hope Durant ends up with the Pelicans. I always thought the Suns were going to be a hard trade to make. It's an impossible trade if by the time you see or hear this, DeAndre Ayton is on the Indiana Pacers. That is today's show. We'll be back on Thursday before we take a quick vacation. <laughs> 